inviting you to join me wherever you listen to your streaming podcast. Journey with me on this road called freedom. For I invite you into a safe haven. Come and have candid conversations with me with inspirational stories and lessons presented to you by others who will help us identify our lane as we collectively come together on this road called freedom. Hi, my loves. This is your girl, Yahura Wendy, and welcome to Roll Car Freedom Podcast. Let's do a little housekeeping. Hit that like button and that share button. Make sure you comment and let me know where you're viewing from. Um, be sure to connect with me on social media via Facebook Live on our Roll Car Freedom page and also on YouTube and Instagram. Under Yuhura Wenji, that's U-H-U-R-U-W-I-N-G-I. For those that are new to me, my name actually means freedom and abundance. If you haven't already done so, go ahead and start sharing it with your friends. I'm excited to have you again this week. Um, we're going to be having conversations surrounding the topic, Heal Thyself. This is our third episode. You can go back and watch the first preview episodes from live stream and you can get us on podcasts everywhere via Apple, Spotify, and Google. We're talking about how to repair, resolve, and forgive yourself today. How to be accountable to manage your past and or your present trauma. Tonight's guest is Don Reed, Mr. DMR Properties himself is in the house. But before we get started, Let's start off with Evening Mocha. Evening Mocha is a segue from my morning mocha. So if you follow my personal page, Yuhuri Wenji, um, we translated morning mocha to evening mocha. Tonight's topic is called Insulated by Covenant in Love. We're going to use a passage that's familiar to us all. That's Isaiah 54 and 17. And it reads, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. I love that passage. And if you read the entire chapter of Isaiah 54, you know that this is the final verse in that chapter. Shell means, I love the fact that it says shell because it talks about God's perpetual love for us. How he's set in time to have that meaning means that forever and a day, nothing that forms against you will prosper. Nothing can hinder and harm you. Now, think about forming as like I live in Houston and we experience hurricanes. When hurricanes are forming, we get the backlash of winds. We don't necessarily get the full blunt and blow of a hurricane, the wind force, but we may get the flooding. So you may experience some effects of things that are happening in your life. 
but don't fear. God says the weapon, it won't prosper. That means even if you experience some damage, it won't prosper because he's going to restore to you. He is, you are his righteousness, said the Lord. And just lean in on that word and be encouraged that whatever you're experiencing today, whatever is happening in your life, just know that God declared that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. All right, let's move forward in the program. I'm really excited. Today, in this segment right now, we have Yahura Wendy's question of the week. The question of the week is something that you can chime in. I invite you in to chime in on the topic. You uh, put your comments in uh, the comment um, tab. Also, tonight, we're allowing you to stick your hand up to come on live if you want to comment live, uh, be a part of the show tonight. So be sure to come in and share your thoughts. Question of the week is this. If your parents are living, or even before they became deceased, did you have the opportunity to talk to them about their childhood experiences? Do you know what shaped them to be the person that they were? Do you view your parents outside of being your mother or your father? Do you view them as a male or a woman having life experiences that shaped them as the parent that you know them to be today? Uh, tune in, share your thoughts. Um, this question was inspired by things that I realized. My dad is 86 years old, and I had a conversation with him yesterday, to be exact, about things that I, I thought about him as a man and, and the, the loss that he's occurred. You know, we say that it's a blessing to see 86 or 90, and it looks like a blessing, but my dad is the uh, last two, or one of the last two living siblings out of 12. So 10 siblings have gone on and crossed over. Uh, his parents are gone. Uh, my mother, including two other wives he had, are gone. So looking at that, do we know what shaped them, their thoughts, what hurts them, what grieves them? Chime in. Let's talk about that tonight. Remember, the topic for the night is heal thyself. I'm excited. I'm excited uh, about this topic because it talks about accountability. It talks about um, our responsibility and the part we take. Uh, in the evening espresso, the B part of that um, verse was, at every tongue that rises, against, rises up against us, we shall condemn. God gave us a responsibility. Okay, he, he said he'd fight for us, but we have a responsibility to condemn voices and tongues that rise up against us. And so just like um, that example, healing is, a, is our responsibility. What I'm saying that the situation didn't happen, the trauma didn't hurt. I'm saying at some point you're responsible for your healing. You're responsible not to just let it go, feel the emotions of it, manage it, uh, get help if you need to. Nowadays, it's popular for our culture to go to counseling. That's a popular thing now. Back when my parents were coming up, they didn't have those resources. But it's popular to get healing now. It's popular to ask for help. When we come back, tonight's topic, Heal Thyself, we'll be going into discussions with our guests. Again, like, share, comment. Let's talk about it tonight.
We'll be right back. Don't let the mask inhibit your style. Go to www.foxylips01boutique.com and order our line of matte lip gloss in a variety of shades, colors, and blame with no mask transfer. And yes, we even have a line of vegan lipstick. Order today at www.foxylips01boutique.com. Use order code UHURU for a 20% discount off orders of over $25. Go to www.foxylipso1boutique.com today. And that's on the platform. This is Don Reed. Introduce yourself. I got Don Reed, better known as Don with DMR Properties. What else? Tell us a little bit about you. Well, you know, um, I own DMR Properties, been doing DMR Properties for the last 12, going on 13 years. You know, we help people with bad credit, broke lease evictions, just any situation, do second chance leasing. I don't know if y'all familiar with like a buy here, pay car dealership. We pretty much do the same thing for the leasing industry. Been a pillar of the community as far as helping people with the homeless, helping the kids, doing back to school drives. DMR Properties just wants to give back to the community. Everything we do is pretty much giving back to the community and making sure that everybody has affordable place over their head. Nobody gonna help us put a place over our head but us. You know, he's a little modest. That's a lot, but he's a little modest. Look, I know people that he's helped. And I'm connected to those people personally, and I did not know that he helped them until today. Again, he's so modest. Uh, he has a big personality, y'all, but he's really a modest guy. Uh, they do do a lot in the community. Uh, they help feed the homeless. Some of the people that you see out in the community that are feeding the homeless, Mr. Don, uh, he doesn't sponsor them. He just gives to them without requiring anything back. And that's so important in our culture, in our community, because this podcast platform is about bringing those things to the community where we can undergird one another. Tonight, we're going to ask Mr. DMR what he got on. <laughs> and this segment talks about something in particular that you wear that shines a light on your personality so what you got on today other than this smooth suede you know i'm trying to lift this jacket up off of it it's cute i can have it tailored to fit but we discussed some items that he's wearing tell us what you have on well right now just got on my little jacket you know what i'm saying <laughs> trying to i'm like i told her i'm very modest you know what i'm saying it's like what she told me and really makes sense that what you wear is a reflection of yourself. You know, as far as my loafer, as far as my shoes, I'm a laid back, casual type of guy. I can be aggressive with need to be, but you know what I got on is the personality to succeed. I want to make sure that I can succeed in anything I do in life and that will carry over with the way you manifest yourself and the way you carry yourself in. As you can see, I got a little jacket on, little loafers on, jeans on, laid back. That's just me. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't, uh, the clothes don't make a man a man made the clothes. So I want to make sure everybody knows that if you don't got no shoes, no pants, nothing to put on. Don't make no difference. Still go out there look for that job. You can still get whatever you want to. If you believe you can or believe you can't, either way, you're right. Uh, well, hallelujah. <laughs> We're in church. I need to raise an offering. Let's talk about what I have on tonight. Uh, I usually don't pin in on this segment, but I'm going to tell you. So this jacket uh, is a Ralph Lauren jacket. And I'm, I'm, I'm saying that because I am a reseller. I love resale shops. 
So ladies um, in general, but ladies in particular, if you're having a tight budget, uh, I like to thrift shop when I did have the budget for going other places. But if you want to clean up your look, and let me give you a mommy corner. Even for my children when they were growing up, I went to thrift shop. My kid growing, it makes sense to invest in high-end clothes that they were gonna um, outgrow. Uh, it didn't make sense, you know. I, I love good finds. This weekend, let me tell y'all, guys, I went to a Leopard Lounge over there on Montrose. Go to Leopard Lounge. I found a pair of Prada shoes that are still retail at almost a thousand dollars for one twenty. It does not cost a I look for the bad boys. I went to like four five resale shops, but I'm just saying. Uh, we can clean up and look high value without paying a price. All right. So thank you for participating. It's, it's not a problem. I just want to elaborate a little bit what you said. You know, the Prada, the Gucci, everything. Anybody know about that? You know, I do make the money to afford that, but I don't care nothing about that. You know, because the dressing is in right. you. You know, we all got our own opinions. You know, it's the mentality that you have. You can look good for a hundred bucks. I'm talking about a twenty dollar jacket, right. twenty dollar pair of pants, twenty dollar shirt. You don't need no socks. You can still look good with a nice hat on for under a hundred dollars. So, fellas, I understand. Like she telling the ladies, y'all don't worry about all that. You know what I'm saying? It's a good thing to know where you can shop. But, fellas, when you're trying to make it and you got kids to feed, you got a family support. Right. Do your thing, brother. And that's why I'm expounding resale. It's not so much about the name brand. It's quality. I have pieces from shoes to jackets. It takes a good jacket to offset an outfit. I didn't pay a whole lot for this dress. This jacket sure make it look real good because it's quality, right? So I'm really pushing quality over quantity because with a nice jacket or a nice pair of shoes, uh, I have shoes that I've had over 15 years. I just take them right there on Bismuth and Kirby to the shoe hospital and have them bad boys resold, okay? Resold. I'm just saying, it's cool to be thrifty, all right? Not frugal. Don't be cheap, but be thrifty. Be smart. All right. See, I like that. I like yeah, I like you on here. Why is that? I'm so glad you, you make me look good. <laughs> so tonight's topic is heal thyself. And I'm particularly talking, I'm a black woman, so I'm not saying that this information can't be used outside of this culture. I'm really talking to my people. What I see amongst us is concerning to me. I, I like I said, uh, I was convicted um, uh, several years ago. I thought that me and my dad didn't have a good relationship. Uh, and the reason why I'm emphasizing that I thought that, because I was broken and didn't know how broken I was. So I saw my relationship with my dad through my broken eyes, right? Until God had to say, you know, who gave you the standard by which you're holding your dad from? Who, who did that? Where did you get that standard from? And of course, I took biblical principles and, and put them and made them fit. But remember, I was seeing my dad through broken eyes. And God gave me the principle. My dad would cook for me anytime I asked. You know, he would come to my rescue if I broke down or needed a tire change. And my dad is disabled. So he would literally come to my rescue. He wasn't a talker. You know, he was he was a quiet man, and I just didn't understand how to connect to him, right? And I thought my sister was my his favorite. She's deceased now, so I thought that he he loved me by default is what I thought. 
And God had to come and change my perspective and my preview and show me where my dad loved me. My responsibility was for me to heal the inner hurt that I thought I experienced at the hands of my dad. And I was able to see him differently over pancakes. I know my dad would cook for me. My dad loves to cook. You could get a meal from my daddy. He, he cooked. I'm talking about hot water cornbread cook, right? And I was like, okay, my mom is gone. I have five brothers. I'm the only girl from my mom left. And I didn't know, I didn't have the buffer of my mom or my sister between my dad and my brothers. So now I have to engage. And I didn't know how to do that because now I took on a role as being the matron of the family. And I um, was uncomfortable with that because I wasn't, I became comfortable with not showing emotion. I had operated out of masculine energy for so long. Being a single parent, you know, um, having to make things happen for me and my kids. Um, that's masculine energy, and I've forgotten how to be feminine. So what So what triggered you? I know we spoke about this, elaborated about this the other day. What triggered you until, you know, you realized you had to take care of yourself because it was your responsibility? For the healing path, what triggered me was my mom passed away in 2011, and I didn't have her explaining my dad to me, and me explaining, her explaining me to my dad. Mediator kind. I, I always had mediators and buffers. Right. And when she was gone, I remember telling God, Man, I'm mad because you left me here with all these boys. Yeah. I don't know what to do. My dad had health issues. You know, my mom, I remember her telling me, you know, baby, girls are different than, than boys. What he what she meant was women were supposed to be nurturers. But man, I was operating out of masculine energy for so long. So you was being a man and a woman, basically. I was I was operating it in energy. Now now I respected men, but um I didn't know how to be soft. Okay. You know what I mean? There's a difference between I, I, I don't do the, you know, how people wish you had before that. No, dude, I'm not I'm not a I'm not a man. They have a daddy. Right. And and nobody gets to define his role in their life but him. Right. So that's not we that's not what we're gonna do. So I'm just saying I didn't know how to trust somebody to cover me in such a way that made me feel safe. I was so used to feeling unsafe in, in with the men in the African American community because of the trauma. And I I was lying to myself, meaning until I started healing, then I started attracting the right kind of men. And even if I attracted the wrong kind of men, it was my job. They are not responsible for me. They're responsible for who they are, and I'm responsible for setting the boundaries for that. Wouldn't that work both ways? I know you said it. It's the man's job to decide how he's going to be in his kid's life. So that would also apply to your dad in fairness. Well, that's where we're going. That's where we're going. I had a, 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 you know, I didn't see my dad as a man. He's my daddy. Okay. (laughs) So I had this list of. And and I think so many of us do. I had this list of if you're daddy, this what you do, this what you do. Expectations. There you go. Okay. I had this list, and I got to check the list, and I was like, nope, you don't do that. Nope, you don't do that. Nope, nope, nope. And God stopped me. Now, with that being said, I am a father, so I can wholly relate to what she's saying. But (laughs) as you go through. 
through life, man, I didn't came up like you talk about my father, my parents not being not being there. You know, I grew up, my mother then was on drugs, you know, out there. Wow. And, it, and it's funny, you know, my group, I remember back in the 70s, my mother shooting up heroin, shooting up crack. Wow. I have no qualms about talking about that because that's my prior life, no matter what, because I was still driven. But as a father, like I spoke to you about the other day, no matter what, I had a vision of me being successful to take care of my kids. That means I was chasing the success. I didn't have time to be the nurturing father, the loving father. I was there to, to my kids' mother, you know, congratulations, you know, you did a good job raising my kids because I wasn't there all the time, you know. I went through so much coming up that I didn't have a resentment because of what my parents did. Mm -hmm. I had a resentment because I feel like nobody taught me anything. And that's why this podcast is about to say, now that we have more resources available to us than our parents, I, I realized, I started thinking, my dad and my mom came up in segregation. My God, my mom was raped by her school teacher at 16, resulting in pregnancy. And she got put out by her mom because she wanted to keep the baby, right? And I can say this openly because she talked about it openly, right? Was that baby you? You don't mind me asking? No, it wasn't okay, me. Okay, it was okay. my older brother. Okay. And okay. so. Is he here with us? He, he is. Okay, he congratulations. Is. He is. He is. And, and, and when I look at my mom through the eyes of that, the trauma she went through before women's rights, that means even Caucasian women didn't have rights at that time. So you know black women didn't have none, right? There was no WIC. There was no milk program. But my mom was a good mother did she make some missteps parenting sure but thank on it who where were the resources you know um and to the point women talk to each other you know we we kind of get on you know we might bash y'all up a little bit but men don't necessarily have that same safety net when they experience trauma they're taught be a man suck it up you know, and when I began to look at my dad out of those eyes, and I'm telling you, God really got me together about this. I, me and my dad, uh, man, I think I love my dad more now than I ever thought was capable because I healed me. I, and now looking back through healed eyes, I see him differently. And that's a good thing. My Nothing dad, why he's here. Right. My dad's 86. We healed over pancakes because I was like, God, okay, you know, uh, I, I was still where he hurt me. He did this. And God was like, you sit, you want you want a good relationship. You have to implement the process. You know, again, sometimes we're scared to go back to places that we imagine have injured us that we just say, forget it. We throw relationships away. And I was at a point where I did not want to be, I'm a crisis chaplain. Right. right. I did not want to be counseling families, praying for them, and I have crisis in my own doggone family. My relationship with my dad is in crisis. So we started over. Um, I asked God, how do I start to connect with him? I would go to my dad's house every morning uh, and ask him. I'd call him and say, make me a pancake. He's going to make me a pancake. My daddy, would, I would be there for like 30 minutes. Because he, I call him, make me a pancake. He'd be ready when I got there. We would talk. I would eat. We wouldn't talk. He wouldn't say nothing. You think it was the pancakes or more the time? No. No, I think it was the pancakes. I, 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 he, my dad, his love language, 
I didn't know because I was so busy demonizing him through my traumatized eyes that I didn't even realize his love language is acts of service. But you have to practice what you preach. I did. So that, and that's what I said. I did not want to be on this big old platform running all over the country, healing somebody else and not dealing with my own stuff. So I talked to God before I launched out. Uh, we're going to go to the comment section real quick. Thank you, Keith and Jared both for watching. Also, Howard Lanier is watching. Hey, family. Thank you, Stella Matt. Stella Max says masculine energy. Wow. Yes, baby. Yep. Hey, get, get that masculine energy together. Lakeisha McRae says this is what I struggle with. I don't know how to be soft and vulnerable with the man. Baby, we're gonna we gonna learn today. Everybody finna heal. We finna get we finna get some tools to heal tonight because these conversations are valuable. When we come back, we're gonna dive a little deeper into tonight's topic. Heal thyself. I am so grateful for my guest tonight. See my surprise guest, y'all. But man. I love his energy. Uh, we're gonna come back. Uh, we'll be right back after these um, messages from my sponsor. Don't let the mask inhibit your style. Go to www.foxylips01boutique.com and order our line of matte lip gloss in a variety of shades, colors, and blame with no mask transfer. And yes, we even have a line of vegan lipstick. Order today at www.foxylips01boutique.com. Use order code UHURU for a 20% discount off orders of over $25. Go to www.foxylipso1boutique.com today. Hey guys, it's your boy Zay, the best ex that you could ever want around. And I want you to tune in to my show, Legends Speak, on Wednesdays on Facebook, Spotify, Apple Music, whatever you listen to for your podcast platform, I'll be there. Legends Speak. What is Legends Speak? I'm glad that you asked. This is a platform where I invite people who I consider legends and I interview them about their professional career and just get details about how they were able to be so successful while fighting mental health issues. So if you're interested, which I know that you are, tune in to Legends Speak with your boy Zay, the best ex that you could ever want around. Welcome back. You guys, be sure to follow my personal page, Yehuda Wingy, that's U-H-U-R-U-W-I-N-G-I. Also follow my Road Call Freedom Facebook page. Also follow me on uh, YouTube and Instagram at U-H-U-R-U-W-I-N-G-I. Let's get back to this interesting interview. Listen, we were not prepped for this, so come along for the ride. Let me just cap off my dad's story um how i began to realize how wrong i was and how harsh i was in the judgment of my dad is um i told god that i, I don't know what it feels like to be covered and god called me a bald face dissertations kind of like joe and he took me back to i got pregnant at 16. I had my son at 17. My dad was an over-the-road, cross-country truck driver. He, him and my mom owned their own trucking business. 
My dad, my mom took me to my very first doctor's appointment to confirm that I was pregnant. After then, my daddy never missed a doctor's visit for me going to the doctor during my never. If I tell you he was every craving, he knew what I was craving. Every Saturday it was Burger King. Uh, through the week he would buy me crates. Strawberries. You have to remind me because sometimes when we experience trauma and then life happens, which brings more trauma experiences, right? We tend to live in the lie of what that trauma induced, and we tend to color people out of that those those that trauma, right? And so I would go to my dad's. We didn't hardly say a whole lot. Hey, dad, how you doing? My, how you doing, baby? Good. Okay, and that was it, right? But when I would leave my brother in Florida, he would call me because me and my brother in Florida, we talked like every day. He would call me and say, oh, you've been to your daddy's house. I said, how do you know? He said, he called me when you left. And me and daddy talked about an hour. And all he talked about was you was the old Kim came by. She did this and she did that. So I knew that my business meant something to my dad. That was, that was, I just never thought about, I never thought that I, I thought I was a forgotten child. You said you thought that you was like maybe second in line. You wasn't the favorite. I wasn't the favorite. I, I felt like he had a favorite. And God had to tell me, it's not that you wasn't the favorite. He just loved, he showed his love to you differently because you were a different child. I was quiet when I was younger, believe that or not. Right. I, I was quiet though. <laughs> uh, I, I spent, because of other trauma I went through, um, molestation and other things, I spent my childhood trying to paint myself in the corner and be invisible. Right. So, you know, because I didn't want the abuse to happen again. So I just spent my life being, you know, they just thought I was quiet and to myself, you know. Well, he might have felt that you needed different love. So when you went over to see him that time y'all spent together, that mean more to him than the other gifts or yeah, the accolades right. he gave everybody else. He gave you the quiet treatment that you didn't know he was calling your brother and say that, hey, I he was did. over there. I didn't. He... I didn't know it meant something until then. And now, you know, that that's, it's been 10 years. Uh, my mom passed away. It'll be April of 2011. Uh, so this year will be the 10th year. So this has been like a 10-year process in between me um, taking over my dad's health. I saw when my mom passed, because they had been together 55 years. So I saw my daddy. Um, going into depression. I saw things with my daddy that my brothers missed. Like he was depressed. Um, he was hurting. You know, my mom's gone. Again, he is the um, at that time, it was I think maybe four of his siblings left. So he had lost uh, uh, it was four left out of twelve. You know, that's a lot of trauma, loss, whatever he experienced. I went to depression. Right. And I saw my dad just give up. He won't live anymore. And that's when I realized, like, man, I don't want him to leave me right now. You it's know? funny you mentioned that because I remember I think you said he was on 20, 50 different medications before. Yes. He was and when you took over his care, you got him out of three different medicines. Yes. Right. So he might have seen as a kid that you would be that one or that kid that's going to take care of him. Right. And be right in front of you. know, Just because you give a gift don't mean you love somebody. You know, I've given a lot of gifts right. to my right. kids and other kids. That don't equate to love, you know what I'm saying? People know you love them right. by the way they interact with you, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. But, and it's like it's funny because I told you the other day, I got a kind of strange relationship with my kids, you know. I love them to death, but I wasn't there when I was when I was coming up. But mm -hmm. I decided long ago before I moved to Texas, it's been 19 years, I could either A go to prison, 
B die or C move out of this, uh, this hood and start my life over. And I chose to start my life over, and everybody knows how that worked out. DMR Properties, the third largest in Texas. So, you know, it wasn't about the money to me, it was about a life decision that, hey, you know what? Just like you kids might not say, hey, my daddy love me because he wasn't my favorite. I love all my kids equal. Even though I might have a funny way of showing it, I do. And I believe your dad just like me. He is, you know, and when I got it, you know, sometimes because of trauma we've experienced, we become sheltered and afraid to experience more hurt. I realized that that was me. Um, and this is short time. Before before my mom passed, God let me know she was getting ready to pass. He didn't give me like a whole time frame. He said it'll be soon, right? And he told me the process is gonna be hard. It's hard to say, Daddy, I was so wrong. What I mean, so wrong and right was healing. It was my responsibility to say, you know, girl, you out of line. I had to have those conversations with myself. And having those conversations, I didn't have to have these conversations with my kids. You know, when we were coming up, we couldn't tell our children, I mean, we couldn't tell our parents certain things about how they parented or they missed because they would feel like, like today I posted on my personal page that uh, people who are not healed see constructive criticism as an attack. And as a parent, I had to be healed enough to let my children have conversations because I don't want them having a conversation with me over my dead body and emotions that they want to express to me, good, better, and different, are locked in them. So now they got to fight to heal. And that's what I was going to say. I was going to say, be glad that your dad is still yes, here and you were able to heal the wounds because, again, it's a lot of people whose parents <laughs> are not here anymore and they never got to tell them how they really felt. In my opinion, it's just my opinion, I believe you had expectations for your dad that was not meetable for nobody. It's not know? It's not your opinion. I said that when I started out. Okay. I, had, I had expectations based on my brokenness. But that was not meetable. My... My brokenness and um, my view of this list, like God asked me, like God really asked me, I'm serious, man, now don't judge me because me and my relationship with God is like this. He was like, girl, where you get that list from? I, I can feel God being exasperated with me, like frustrated, like like he was shaking me. Where in the world did you get this list from? Because it's, first of all, it's unrealistic. Second of all, second of all, uh, he was there. Let me tell I mean, God took me back and showed me my daddy loved me how I, because I'm, I'm not, um, I can be touchy feely and emotional and all that, but not so much, if you get what I mean. I, I'm in awe of my children because they, they be calling, talking about they love me. I'm like, where did you get that from? Because I, I can't remember. You know, I say I love you now because I'm learning to be, you know, open and I'm learning to kiss my kid. But that, my sons, are affectionate men. I was like, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> no. It was inherited, like you said. I don't know. I mean, you know, to see my kids, I am amazed because I know how like hurt I was, like like the 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 sexual trauma I went through, and just it was just me and my kids. So I isolated us, but. 
I was working, I was, you know, and, and I was making sure I got five kids and they were stair step. I'm trying to provide, I'm trying to, you know, stay out these streets. I'm trying to make sure they're taken care of. You know, it's not that I didn't curse or do any of those things, but I didn't do it at home because I needed them to feel safe at home. You got to learn all of that there. So I was busy trying to parent through my own trauma, you know, process my trauma. I'm 26. I got five kids. They daddy not around. They he, he he after we divorced, he went to prison. You know, so I felt alone. Like I didn't have family but my kids. But how could you feel alone? This should just be if your daddy was there taking you to every doctor's appointment after that, was that when first I was one. 16. You know, after I grew up and moved out the house, you know, because I had that baby and then I got married and I had more. Yeah, they got they got women out there so, these days who's nobody show up. You you can't even well, that's what I'm saying. I'm not gonna get into that tonight because we talking about heal thyself, but I, we had family trauma where I was alone. My kid, you know, I was seen as a resource. Some family members only called up. Now, I'm the one with a single parent with kids. Some people only called me when they needed something they thought I had. At, at that point, I ain't nobody coming through. You know, I was in the hospital. Nobody checked on my kids. They had to, they took care of themselves. So when did that stop? So that, anyway, that that's not, that's another show, y'all. We're not going <laughs> to talk about that tonight. We're talking about healing thyself. I had to... Gather tools that I didn't even know I needed because, again, let me just say this and be clear. I think people who have uh, experienced traumatic experiences, um, people that are broken, don't know it. Listen, I had great self esteem, right? My self esteem wasn't in the toilet. I was sure I excelled at work, I excelled, and when I opened businesses, I excelled. I didn't know that I was broken until God had to point some things out and I had to be willing to hear. I couldn't, I remember I met a guy that I knew in high school and we were talking, he was trying to pursue me and he said, you know, we were talking about something and he said, well, you broken too. Initially I got mad because it felt like somebody slapped me and I, I remember saying, I ain't broken and walked out. Baby, let me tell you something. I asked God, I was like, am I broken, God? <laughs> and God started, he didn't answer me right away. He just showed me where I had walled off. After I got divorced from my kid's father, I remember saying, I'm never going to be in a position where a man can hurt me and do me like this ever again. And I closed off a portion of me. And God said, you got to remember, when you build a wall around your heart like that to protect yourself, not only can anybody, including me, get in, parts of you can't get out. So you're limited. I remember being like that for so long that I remember going back and saying, dang, so, I mean, I want to commit fully to, you know, I would, I would hide in relationships. So don't bother me. Don't don't make no waves. Don't trip. We can be together. I'm gonna rock with you. Don't cloud. We good. And I'm I'm really I, I can give you everything you want. I'm a I'm a you know it's solid. But when you make waves, I can leave you so easily. And I didn't like that because more than anything, success for me. Let me just say for me. I know people like success that's monetized and all of that. To me, success is a family. I love 
family. Uh, yes, I do want to get married again. I believe wholeheartedly in black love. Let's just say that. But the thing I desired the most, I had walled myself off from getting. Yeah, I think when you said that, it makes sense. You said if you walk yourself off, then you was going to never be able to get it. You can't right. let nobody in. You ain't going to let nobody out. And I started saying stuff like, um, I started saying stuff like, I don't want to get married. I said, like, I'm telling you, for 15 years, you want to get married? Mm -mm. I don't want to get married. I'm good. You know, I don't want to get married. And God had to show me, I did. I was just scared that I wasn't going to have the type of man, I almost, let's say almost, because I don't like the saying where all men ain't no good. No, what that means is you won't own your stuff. You won't own your trauma. You trauma bonding. So you go from relationship to relationship rather than sitting down or standing in one relationship until you heal. I got in this relationship and things started happening and God said, stay right there. Don't leave. Stay right there. It's not as bad as you think. Stay right there until you heal. So what happened was when he was inconsistent and I'd be mad, God would be like, well, what about you that thinks you deserve that? So God started asking me questions about why I was accepting certain traits, right? That's looking at Miracam. You can point at him all day long. But what is it about you? Let me tell you what I learned. I had to own my stuff because there were some relationships that um, I sowed a seed. And the Bible says this, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever you sow, that you will reap. I had to own that I sowed some things that were pretty nasty. And maybe that relationship was my harvest. I got to get my harvest back. God ain't tripping. So, you know, it looks like this. You start getting your harvest back, and then you say, oh, he this and that. And then you quit him and go get the next one, and he just like that. And then you start lying and say, I'm in a life. No, they're not. They're, you're getting your harvest back. Sit so down. It was you. Yes, right. Sit down and get your harvest back. Heal. Don't plant them seeds again because... I'm responsible and accountable to me for what I do. Didn't nobody make me do nothing. Can't nobody. They can do things, but they don't make you respond. I'm responsible for how I respond. And that's how I started healing. Do you want to be this person or do you want to remain true to who you really are and who you said you want to be and who this person is? It's not my job to manage your trauma or who you are, or what you're doing. It's my job on how I respond to it. I agree. You agree? Shit! Hey. Baby! I come on! I, 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 I agree. Y'all heard that. it. It's live. You can't take it back. <laughs> he he no, agreed. In, in my opinion, you said some things was another show, but in my opinion, again, it's my opinion, you know, part of getting into things and helping other people is part of your recovery as well. So right. I believe it's this show as well, because if you don't cut people off and learn that it's not about when a person asks you for something, whether you say yes or no, the thought of it asking you brings on the stress. You know, whether you say yes or no, it doesn't right. make a difference. So in my opinion, you know, that's part of the show, but and he is opinionated. <laughs> Very opinionated. Well, for those who, you, you know, you can tell he knew because I said this show is really about me. And I, I, I want everybody to identify their lane because what's freedom to you is not freedom to me, right? Because 
you know, we all have a purpose, a mission. We all have something we're called to do, you know. And so we have lanes. And so often, especially in my community, I'm a black woman. I don't know about anybody's culture. I just know what I hear, but I don't know it. I know in our community, I want us to stop condemning each other so much because we have a different way of healing. What it took for you may not take for me, you know. I know God, I feel like God God said he is the author and the finish of our faith. And that means he already knew what I was going to go through. I'm conditioned to handle it. Do I really believe that? And I have to really ask questions because, you know, the Bible says the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? I was arrogant enough to think that I knew my own heart. So I could say, oh, no, I don't need that. I had to quit lying. You know, I, I do this um, therapy thing that says, is it true? Then it says, when I try to argue the point, then it, I have to say, is it really true? Yeah, <laughs> you hurt, but is it true that your dad did these things? Okay, that's him. Now go back. Is it really true? Nope. Nope. No, it was true through trauma-filled eyes, but is it true now? Mm-mm. Uh, that wasn't true. You know, and so often we don't want to go pick up and say, you know, I may have made some oopsies with parenting. However, holistically, a good, a good parent. My dad is. I I remember when I was a little girl. My dad, clockwork. Every Friday, he washed. He went to the grocery store. Saturday morning, he was gonna go to the farmers market, right? And then Saturday night, he was gonna shine his shoes, the real shine. Like he get the shiny shoes and put them on the newspaper. Then he was going to pick his face. I used to sit in the restroom every Saturday and watch my daddy pick his face. So now I'll be looking at me and like, uh-uh, he needs to do it. You know, I watch my daddy would have cologne. My daddy, even now, loves suits. He still dressed up at 86. My daddy, I'm telling you, he would buy them Stacey Adams shoes. And when they were, when they were done, when he was through, we had to check this out. He, he would cut the back off of me, use them to cut the yard in. Okay, he, still, he still was clean. Hey, Karen, thanks for watching. Karen Bobley says, so true. Yeah, my daddy still was, because I get my standard of how I view men. My, my daddy was hardworking. You understand? My daddy, like I said, when when I need him, even now at 86, my daddy uses a walking stick. He can, he can stand up and he drives, but he uses a walking to stand up. And my daddy, if I say I need you, my daddy's going to be out there trying to change my brakes. I have to tell him, daddy, they got people for that now. <laughs> but he's going to try to change my brakes. At 86. At 86. I'm so not kidding. DJQ said, we also attract who we are if you got it, you spotted. And yeah, you know what, DJQ, I know what you're saying. We don't, But we don't want to be honest. We only want to say um, the good stuff. If you got it, you spot it. And then he agreed. Then she agreed with Don and said, "Yes, sir." See, Harold J. Trotter is in the comment section, and he said that was deep. Be careful what you sow, right? Because you're gonna reap that harvest. Lastly, hey brother, hey Rick Lanier. Lastly, Rick Lanier said we all need to truly own up to what we do instead of passing the buck. And to be real with yourself is going to cut you deep. Shrek. Oh, baby. Come through, come through Shrek. <laughs> uh, thank you for tuning in, brother, from all the way from Florida. I appreciate you guys. Uh, I appreciate my guest. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank Mr. You. Don, are you single? Yes, I'm single. Mr. Don, single, y'all. 
No, I mean, I'm single that I ain't married. <laughs> but listen to, me. listen to me. God ain't looking for no love. Put it that way. God I'm looking for people that can understand him business wise. You hear me? <laughs> Personal diary called Conversations with God. We'll be right back after this sponsored video. Don't let the mask inhibit your style. Go to www.foxylipso1boutique.com and order our line of matte lip gloss in a variety of shades, colors, and blame with no mask transfer. And yes, we even have a line of vegan lipstick. Order today at www.foxylipso1boutique.com. Use order code UHURU for a 20% discount off orders of over $25. Go to www.foxylipso1boutique.com today. Hey, this is Yehuda Wenji, inviting you to join me wherever you listen to your streaming podcast. Journey with me on this road called freedom. For I invite you into a safe haven. Come and have candid conversations with me with inspirational stories and lessons presented to you by others who will help us identify our lane as we collectively come together on this road called freedom. Welcome back, you guys. It's been a very enlightening conversation. Again, I thank you for watching. I thank my guest for being here. He was so accommodating. Uh, I want to, Stella Mac, let me just say to you, you gave me them looking eyes in the comment. You you know, I see you. We, I know what that means, girl. I'm going to call you later here. Thank you to my guest. Where can we find you? Y'all can find me at DMR Properties, that Don Reed on Facebook. You can find me at DMR Properties on Instagram or youneedahouse.com. That's youneedahouse.com, either Y-O-U or just youneedahouse.com. It's still going to come back to DMR Properties. We got three locations, downtown, Northside, and the Galleria. Go DMR Properties. Ooh, I love talking to my black men who are successful, candid open to share their stories because that's how we learn now comes a segment in our uh, episode called conversations i'll tell you um the topic tonight um I, I i talked to god and i asked him how do i how does he see me um i was really lost i was making i was a high earner making six figures driving a foreign car car you know i looked I looked like success, but I'm telling you, I was so ready to drive that car off the nearest bridge. I, I was. I was hurting, broken. I didn't have the tools to fix me, although I was the one all my friends came to for advice, and I just couldn't get myself together. 
I was devaluing the gift of me. I didn't see myself as a gift. And I began to ask God, show me how he sees me. And he started having people come up on days that I would have my casual days, you know, no makeup. Because, you know, we use makeup. I use it now just for, um, because I like it. But uh, I initially started using it to hide myself. You know, the wigs, the, the color, the makeup, the lifestyle, the funness, the loudness, all was me trying to hide. And I asked God to show me how he sees me. I promise you, if you ask him, he'll show you. You got to listen to it through compliments of others. I wasn't comfortable with people complimenting me because in the past, compliments meant they wanted something from me, right? Or they took things from me, right? And so I felt like a compliment meant they were trying to take my power to govern how they touch. And God had to make compliments. Then he had to... Uh, have people come and tell me what they learned from me. I didn't realize people were learning from me. No matter how many times people said it to me, it didn't get through here. So I had undermined it, my gift. And the gift is me. My presence brings an energy. You are valuable. God had let me know. He reminded me that out of Everything he created, there is nobody like me. Nobody has my DNA. I have people that may look like me, and I may favor other people. But even my parents, they are not me. Their DNA came together, and it created me, and I have my own set of DNA. I am valuable, and so are you. Thank you for tuning in, my loves. Until this time next week, see you soon.